This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's psychologist, mental health advocate, and former anxious insomniac, Dr. Kristen Casey. I found her through House of Wise, the CBD wellness brand that I follow, and she specializes in sleep. Sleep is my favorite. Sleep is all that I want every single day. And if my body stops moving, whether I'm a passenger in a car, whether I sit down to watch TV, I go to sleep. And at night, it's hard for me to turn my mind off. Um, She talks a lot about the anxiety sleep connection. So excited to have this conversation. Here's my episode with Dr. Kristen Casey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am excited to have you. I have to say sleep to me, sleep is my favorite. Sleep is everything. I get really pissed off if my sleep is interrupted. And I wanted to start with like, how did you make sleep your business? Like you're a sleep clinician and it's the focus of your career. Like how did that come about? It's so crazy because I, um, I, I fell into it on like not on accident, but like begrudgingly. So when I was doing my APA accredited internship at the VA, it was a federal government facility. Um, I had, we had certain requirements to graduate. And one of them was running groups and doing certain evidence-based treatments. And two of my supervisors were obsessed with sleep. And I was like, I don't understand how y'all are so obsessed with sleep. Like it's boring to me. I ended up doing this one group for cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And I literally fell in love. Like I fell in love. So I was like, people are getting better so quickly. I'm using these strategies and they're actually working. Um, And it was just crazy. So that's kind of how I started. Um, And how it's going is I ended up downloading TikTok like most people during the pandemic. And I was like, I'm bored. Let me just download this app. And I decided, let me just push out a couple of videos about like mental health and see what happens. And the one that made me go viral was one about cognitive distortions. But then there was another one about sleep and people were obsessed. Like they were like, I don't know what to do about sleep. I'm not sleeping. What do I do? Like all this stuff. And I was like bombarded. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I am not ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so since then I've curated a lot of my content towards, you know, anxiety and, and sleep. And it's just been incredible so far. So I also um, suffer from anxiety. I am now, (laughs) I'm so open about it. Like I'm medicated for my anxiety. I feel like it came on when I became a mom. Um, And it obviously, like when you think about it, it makes sense. If you're an anxious person, it would be a hindrance to sleep because you can't shut your brain off. And for me, like I so look forward to sleep. So it's the most frustrating thing to lay down and not be asleep. And I have two small hindrances to sleep. Um, my son and my daughter who every single night, as soon as I fall asleep, it's like, and as much as I have to work to fall asleep, like they're in my bed and it pisses me off. Like anybody messing with my sleep when I finally got to go to sleep, like I'm, I'm short with them. I'm short tempered, but then I'm too tired to like walk them back to their beds. Sleep is something that I'm always striving for. And I can't seem to get a grasp on. And I, I wondered about my anxiety And the fact that I can't turn my brain off, um, I want to talk about all the strategies with that. Like, is there, should there be a time you see all the things like you have to set up, turn off your gadgets at a certain time. Is that a thing like the blue light emissions? Is that keeping me awake? It is, but I think it's a combination. So I notice for people with anxiety, you have a higher likelihood of experiencing insomnia symptoms, right? Especially women with anxiety. So that's Mm -hmm. another important thing to consider. And then moms, just being a mom in general, right? Just being a mom in general is just a lot, right? So I think not only are you juggling your own life, but also your kids' lives, 
playdates, every, like everything. I've yes. listened to your podcast, right? There's just so much happening for moms. So I think when we, when we really think about it, if you're a single person, not partnered with no kids, your sleep routine is going to be the exact same every night. You don't have to worry about any other distractions. Um, <clears throat> blue light and screen time is a big thing, but I, I want to focus more so on arousal. Arousal is a fancy word for anxiety and huh. it's a survival mechanism for us. We're not going to sleep if we're anxious, like, because our body wants to keep us safe. So if you picture yourself back in the day, hunter gatherer days, at least this is what some theories suggest. Um, if we're anxious because we've seen a bear or we know that there's other wildlife around, we're going to get anxious and that's going to keep us awake no matter what, even if we're completely exhausted, even if we've had no caffeine, exercise, no naps, screen, no screen time, nothing that will keep us awake or anxiety will keep you awake anyway. It's just uh, part of it. Yeah. So no, like just knowing that my kids are going to come into my bed at some time and that frustration is mm -hmm. there because I yeah. know that my sleep's going to get interrupted. Oh yeah. Cause you're, you see the writing on the wall, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a conditioned experience of like, I know that they're going to come in at a certain time. So why even try, why even try right. to go to sleep? You know, so what, what do I do? Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know it's so hard. So I think of it like this, if your mind is racing and you have that rumination from anxiety, meaning like your thoughts just won't stop. Yep. Um, we like to practice, um, it's called scheduled worry time, but practicing at a neutral time, not when you're in bed. So the whole concept is in three parts. It sounds counterintuitive. Just bear with me. So the first okay. is, <clears throat> you know, you identify when you have those worry thoughts, you know, worry identification. Um, once you identify those thoughts, you say, hey, can I delay this to a specific time each day where I could allow myself to worry? So identifying the thoughts, delaying the worry, and then actually worrying. And you spend about like 30, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, however much you have in your schedule um, to just let yourself worry like about everything, like, and just allow your brain to go there. But the key here is that <clears throat> the worry delay is the hardest for people. Um, they don't want to delay that rumination and, and those thoughts because yeah. they want to just handle it. Just like when you're in bed, you're like, I am, so, I'm just thinking, right? So you're going to practice during a neutral time, not during bedtime, not during your buffer time right before bed, but like at like one or 2 PM, just say, um, and allow yourself that space. But then when you start to worry in bed, you're going to, cause it's going to happen. Um, you say to yourself, I've worried about all these things earlier today. Uh, there's nothing uh, that I could actually do about it. If there were solutions, I would have acted on them. There's no solution. So it's actually going to be actually really, really unhelpful for me to continue to engage in these worry thoughts. I and love then that. your yeah, and then your brain gets to a point where it's like, yeah, this is this is shitty. Like, why am I doing this? Right. So then you you actually train your brain to stop worrying. Among other things, there's that's just one technique. But I notice then when we try to do it while we're in bed. You start to think my kids are going to come in all this stuff, right? Like that's actually not helpful. It's not getting me to a point where I'm actually going to go to sleep. You know, I already know right. it's going to happen. Like it's, I just have to let it go. And then sooner or later you, you get to a point where you're able to, it took me to be honest with you. It took me a couple of months to master this skill, just even okay. on my own, but I do it all the time. I do it every day. So. And I've seen, you said a lot about like being on a routine, like waking yeah. up the same time every day during the school year, like that happens. Like I have to get up at six to get my kids ready for school. Mm -hmm. Like we're off for Christmas break right now. And it's like, if I can get another hour or so, like I want that sleep. And yeah. I've also seen you talk about that. Like when people talk about like during the week, I have to get up at six. So I'll make up for it on the weekends or I'll sleep mm -hmm. in. And you're saying that like, that is not a thing that we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, all, all the, most of the research points to the fact that we can't catch up on sleep. So <clears throat> if you think about it, if you wake up at the same time every day, 
your body will maintain a consistent cycle and circadian uh, rhythm. Is that the yep. like the, okay. Yeah. Our sleep wake cycle, our circadian rhythm. So when I do, when I do sleep treatment with people, we, fo- we focus on three things. The first is arousal, which we just talked about. The second is circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm is really receptive to exposure to light and consistency. So the minute that you wake up, you want to immediately get out of bed, which is really hard for people and then open up the blinds, just make it bright, you know, um, just as like the sun's going down earlier now and everybody's getting tired earlier. It's because our circadian rhythm is like, wait, what's happening? Yes, right. To-? Yeah. So that's what you do for that. And I think when we, even if your sleep schedule's off, even by an hour, we notice it. Um, mm-hmm. so Daylight you're waking up even an hour. Yeah. Even if you're waking <laughs> up like an hour later, like, Oh, I just need this sleep. I'm exhausted. Yeah. yeah. That's, it makes sense. But at the same time, you're, you're going to delay everything. And then your circadian rhythm is going to be off. Like, melatonin secretion will happen at a different time. Your body can't predict these things. So Mm. it's not going to know when to go to sleep. And then people are frustrated when they're in bed awake. It's like, it's tough. So even if you have the time on the weekends to sleep in, you should get up at the same time, even when you don't have to. Same time every day. Yeah. I, uh. It's difficult. Yeah. People cringe. <laughs> They're like, what if I had a night out with friends? I'm yeah. like, you really, re- you really rethink your life choices after you go to happy yeah. hour and you have a couple of drinks, right? And you want to sleep in. Yeah. So I think it really kind of creates the sense of like, you know, I need to like really maintain a good relationship with my body and my mind and my sleep habits, you know? Perfect segue. Um, speaking of drinking before you go to bed, I realize wine is not, it's, it's what moms do. Like you put your yeah. kids to bed and you have your glass of wine mm-hmm. and I love wine. And I, I look forward to that. But Amanda gets at house of wives was telling me, she's like, you go to bed, but then a couple hours later, the sugar from the wine hits and you're wide awake. And I was like, Oh my God, that always happens. And I never equated the two. Cause I was like, yeah. no, it makes me feel tired. She's like, yeah, but then what happens in a couple hours, you're just wide awake. And I'm like, Oh my God. So should I be day drinking is basically where this is going. <laughs> I need a doctor to tell me that I should day drink. I mean, I'm not going to (laughs) recommend drinking in general as a coping mechanism, but I appreciate that you're doing something to actually try to help yourself in some way. So harm reduction approach. I like it. Amanda is right in some sense of, you know, Hey, if you are drinking alcohol at night, it, it does help with latency to fall asleep. Meaning the time it takes to fall asleep decreases dramatically for people. Uh Um, But the quality of sleep overnight is, is pretty disrupted. You'll have more awakenings, um, you won't really uh, get into the deeper stages of sleep without feeling like uncomfortable. Uh, your sleep architecture is a bit off. Mm. It takes us about like between 60 and 90 minutes to go through a sleep cycle. And when we drink alcohol <clears throat> or other substances, even over the counter, like uh, diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl and z it's the same drug. Um, even oh. when you take those things, you know, your body is responding to that and it really alters our sleep architecture. So if we don't have any substances, which you know, people who are like raw dogging it through life. I mean, that's what they're doing, right? That is not me. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Not many of us during a global pandemic either, but you know, your, your body is actually able to do everything it needs to do overnight because it's not getting rid of a toxin. Like she's saying, you're not like metabolizing Ah. other things. The other part of this is that we actually, um, the reason why we want our bedroom dark and cool at night is because our body temperature decreases as we sleep. And to get into those deep stages of sleep, we notice that our body temperature is a little lower with alcohol. If you, you know, anybody who's drank alcohol in at least excess or in general, you know, you'd start sometimes have night sweats. It's because your body's trying to get rid of it and cool itself down to actually sleep, you know? So that could be also part of it. So that's where the body is focused, not on sleep. It's trying to get out the toxins. Totally. And it's the same as if you like eat at night, right? Your body's going to be focused on digestion, but with alcohol, alcohol is like, a toxin, right? It's your body is like, Oh, this is like a threat. We have to get this out before even sleep. It's just kind of like the anxiety thing of like, yeah, I'm focused on survival before I'm focused on sleep. 
it's prioritizing the filtering of the toxin versus the sleep. hundred percent. What about eating? Mm -hmm. I've heard like, don't eat within two to three hours of going to bed. And mm-hmm. this could be a whole different episode, but like my metabolism, I finally turned it back on. If I eat dinner with my kids, it's six. Mm-hmm. What you're just, this is going to just tell me to go to bed earlier. <laughs> no. I, by the time it's like nine 30 or 10, <clears throat> I'm hungry again. Yeah. And I don't oh, want to yeah. go to bed on an empty stomach, but then it's like, I ate. So I got to stay up later. Like what is the connection there? Yeah. It's, it's difficult to say. And I'm always weary of, again, I'm not a nutritionist by any means. So I always, you know, suggest talk with, you know, your nutritionist to kind of see like, you know, what you should be eating during a normal day. Um, when we think about how food disrupts our, um, latency to fall asleep, like our sleep cycles is you're right. I mean, two to three hours before sleep, our body is still digesting that stuff, you know? Um, and if you think about it, if you're digesting, right? It's going to be hard to do anything else, but if you have to eat, like literally, if you're like, I am literally starving. Um, a lot of times we suggest having, um, you know, carbs with protein, like cheese and crackers or like crackers and, um, like a meat or something on there. I have. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, my wine. I don't really, to be, and to be, uh, yeah. Right. Wine, wine cheese, cheese and crackers. crackers. Sounds I'm like, how do I'm you like know that's dinner, what right? I have. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's so good though. I, I feel no, you. It's, it's really I know, but yeah. if that is, it's the same thing. If it's, if it's my body is focused on metabolizing that food and not sleep, like I'm telling you sleep is the most important thing to me. It doesn't sound like it from everything that I'm describing that I do to hinder my sleep, but I wonder too, if like, if I can get like nine hours of sleep, I feel like that's what my body needs. And I, so if I have to get up at six, I will try to go to bed by nine. Um, and I, I do most nights, but then it's like, people say you shouldn't get too much sleep. And I'm wondering if I'm getting too much sleep because if my body is at rest, you know, I I, like an, an object in motion wants to stay in motion. Like I'm running around doing all these things. If I stop, like my husband's driving and I'm in the passenger seat or I sit down to watch a show. I'm asleep. Like my body goes Got to it. sleep every time I stop doing something. And I love, I'm like, I just wow. want to sit down for one second. And like my son will be watching a show. I'm go- I'm out. And I have to like set an alarm. So I don't not get my daughter from the bus stop or mm-hmm. anytime my husband's driving anywhere and I'm not, don't have to be on, I go to sleep. And I'm like, wow. am I, is that, is, do I have too much sleep that my body is just that tired that it stays, it goes to sleep if I'm not up moving and I, I love it. I want to sleep. Yeah. Seems like odd. Or abnormal. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I think I'm, my mind's going in a million directions because there's just so many <laughs> good interventions here. And I think about it this way. So if you're getting those internal cues of sleepiness, meaning like nodding off, like even on the couch, like you're actually falling asleep. Yes. Um, it's different than feeling tired, like feeling tired and feeling sleepy are two different things. So feeling tired is like, yeah, I'm exhausted. I could relax. And I just don't really feel like doing much. Being sleepy is like, I'm actually going to fall asleep. Right. I'm so take a nap. You're having those cues of like, I am sleepy. Like I need sleep, meaning I need restoration. So in my mind, I think about it this way. Like if you had consolidated sleep at night, if you had just say a solid, like even six hours, seven hours of sleep and you're still nodding off, right. Then I would say, okay, let's kind of like really look at that. Um, But if you're getting a consistent, solid, you know, block of time where you're sleeping and you're still tired, I mean, I think maybe your body does need to relax a little more and implementing some like relaxation strategies and stuff. Um, But if you think about it, if you're having those, um, if you're having like a couple of hours of sleep, then you're awake and then a couple of hours of sleep and then you have that tendency to nap. There are people out there. I think Matthew Walker talks about this in his book and I'd have to double check on this because I can't remember if it's his book or a different sleep book. Um, But some people have, you know, uh, where they just sleep in chunks of time. And that's usually when we see people who nap a lot, like they'll nap and then they'll get a couple of hours of sleep at night and they'll nap more. 
Um, if you removed naps, right, which I know sounds terrible and cringe. I like, do. I can't nap. I mean, if, if I fall asleep, I have to wake. It's not I can't take a nap just because exactly. of the children that are here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have you have like stuff to do. Right. Yes. So but if, if I was single, you, I would yeah. nap. I would nap every day and I would make sure I got um, nine hours of sleep. Like it's so sleep is my favorite thing. And it makes me so yeah. frustrated that I can't get consistent sleep. Like you said, I'm like mm -hmm. oh, nine hours. I go to bed at nine and I get up at six, but it's like, I'm not staying asleep because they're in, they're up and down. Like they're yeah. talking to me, they're kicking me. Then I take them back mm -hmm. to the room. They come back. I, I know. And then there's the anxiety again. When I lay down yeah. that I'm not going to get a good night's rest. Like I'm going to be yeah. up and totally. Totally. I mean, cause, cause with your history, right. History shows that, you know, when I do go to sleep, I am going to be woken up no matter what, this isn't yes. a safe place for me to sleep all the time. Like to actually, get sleep, right. We need a safe place. You this know? house like, is not a safe place for a mom yeah. to sleep. Yes. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would be curious though. I'd be curious if there was no napping, if just say potentially you didn't have these awakenings at night from, from the kids. I know it's impossible, but just bear with me. Right. Yeah. 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 No, so if, those, if those weren't there, like what would your baseline be? Like how many hours? Right. Like, I don't know. Would be Is your there baseline? a, yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's like, everybody says you should get eight hours. That's not mm -hmm. for everyone. Right. There's not a baseline. Eight hours of sleep no. is sufficient. <clears throat> right. hundred percent. And it changes over time. So newborns, as you know, they sleep like on average, what, 14 to 17 hours, like depending on, you know, the kid right. and all that stuff. And it's because they're in, um, 70% of their sleep is REM. And the reason for that is human growth hormone. They're growing. They're literally, mm. you're forming a human, right? Yeah. So they need way more sleep than we do. Um, as we age, we need less sleep because the human growth hormone, I mean, we're already grown, right? So we don't really need as much sleep. And I think people kind of think like, oh, I wish I could get as much sleep as I did when I was in high school or, you know, college, or even before that, you know, your body changes and you don't actually need eight hours of sleep all the time throughout mm. your lifespan. It's going to change over time. Like people who are elderly, people who are, you know, 65, 70 and older, um, they average on, you know, five to eight hours, you know, if there's a range. So it just depends on your age. And it depends on your chemical makeup. It also depends on anxiety. People with anxiety have a tendency to sleep less. So, well, you know, I want to sleep. I know we all want I'm like 10 anxious. hours of sleep. I yeah. want, I feel like some people don't, I'm glad you say that. Like I have three sisters and it's like my, they're like, they feel like they're going to miss something like on vacation. I'll take a nap. Like I, they're like, no, like we have to, they don't value sleep. Yeah. Like I do, like I am yeah. like, it's my favorite. If I have any yeah. time during the day, it's like, if you had an extra hour, what would you do? I would take a nap. You don't even, totally. have to, I don't have to think about it, but like a lot of people in my life, like my husband never, like if he has downtime, like if, if we didn't have to pick up the kids or something, I would take a nap that yeah. he would never sleep. Like you never opt in for sleep. Right. Also, like he gets a better night's sleep because they're yeah. on me. Please. I noticed that moms really need time to catch up because you not only have a job, you're a mom, you have a podcast. There's all these other things that women are doing nowadays. And it's hard to just feel like, okay, let me just get solid sleep. You don't just have like one, you don't wear one hat is what I'm trying to say. No. Right. So your body is going on overdrive all the time. So it makes sense to me why you would use those opportunities for sleep. And I think sleep is part of our life pie. When our sleep is off, it's likely that other things in our life are off, right? Like if you're not sleeping well, yes. maybe it's an environmental thing or stress or whatever, you know? Yes. I wanted to talk to you about that too. I had that written down. Um, I had a hypnotist on and she was talking about being in trance and she's yep. like, when you're in trance and she's like, I can do it right now. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't know. And she's like, have you ever felt like you're awake, but like, you're just, I, I've learned that I do it when I'm driving, which sounds mm -hmm. dangerous, but she said, I would snap out of it. If a car stopped, I just go to a place where 
everything else is blocked out and I I'm drive I'm like operating a car, but I think very clearly. I've also found out mm-hmm. that I did it. I do it when I run. I'm always like, when I go for a run, I come back and I'm like, where's a pen. I have so many thoughts and yeah. I'm like writing them down. She's like, you're in trance. And I was like, mm-hmm. the other time I do it is in the middle of the night. I'll wake up and be like, I need to write notes in my phone. And she's like, because when you're in, in trance, like that's, that's what happens when you sleep. And she's like, you mm-hmm. should always have a pen and paper next to your bed. And yeah. that happens too. Like I'll be asleep and then I'm awake. And my brain is so is like rapid firing, which I don't yeah. have that happening during the day because of all the other <clears throat> things happening. But she's like, when your mind is clear, she's like, when you're sleeping and there's no other distractions, that's when people like come up with things and you have to write things down. I'm like, yeah. that's what happens too. my mind turns on even though I'd already been asleep, like in the middle of the night, I'm like, Oh, and, and not even like these, like mind, like a uh, light bulb moments, like professionally, like I think of a, something I want to write or something. It'll be like, I forgot some, I need something for the grocery store tomorrow. Like I'm yeah. hosting a dinner tonight that will come to me in my sleep. And mm-hmm. then in those moments when I'm wide awake, do you have a strategy? Like, should I get mm-hmm. up and just go with it for a little bit? Because I'm gut, if I don't, I'm just going to lay there for 20 more minutes. Like, is there a strategy that once you're up, what you should do to get back to sleep? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a question that I get really often. And when we have awakenings throughout the night, if it's more than just like a, Hey, I'm going to turn over or Hey, I'm just going to use the restroom. If you're like awake, like you're describing, (laughs) if you're like literally like writing poetry, about to run a marathon, writing poetry at the the same time, ideas are just like, yes, I'm awake. Exactly. Then we do suggest actually getting out of bed. Um, so we don't, we really try to not encourage bed lounging. And the reason for that is, um, we want to associate the bed with sleepiness rather than wakefulness. So if you are waking up in the middle of the night, having all these thoughts and like, you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to write these things down. Great. That's good. We suggest doing it outside of the bedroom or outside of the bed, or at least sitting up and putting your feet on the ground, like some sort of different position rather than just kind of like laying there and writing because your brain is already associating the bed with wakefulness because you're getting woken up by two kids. Right. So you want to really make these associations because they're extremely strong. So for example, if you've ever, you know, been driving in the car, maybe you drive past a certain house or a certain thing. And like, you're flooded with memories, like yes. or something like that, like, yes. it's a, or a certain smell, like a perfume. It reminds you of it's the association is so strong, so strong. So we really, really want to be careful about doing things in bed. So if you are going to be awake for at least 20 minutes, we do suggest getting out of bed. Um, and oh just gosh. kind of doing it outside of the bedroom. Yeah. That makes sense. It, Cause I don't, cause I'm like, no, I want to sleep. I don't want to get yeah. up and do things, but then I just lay there for like two hours. So it's I tough. need to get up. I know that you're yeah. not a dream interpreter, but <laughs> like, I sometimes don't even want to say this to other people. Cause you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. When I have a dream or something, I'll think of it like first thing in the morning when I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was weird. I will not think of it the rest of the day. As mm-hmm. soon as I lay down my head on the pillow, that dream from the night before is so vivid and clear. And I'm like, oh my God, like I remember the dream as soon as I'm back in that position. So that's what you made me think of, like how powerful I won't think of it all day. Like if somebody Mm -hmm. at three o'clock in the afternoon was like, what did you dream last night? I'm like, I don't know. Dreamed last night. As soon as I lay down, it's like someone hits play and the the dream, I remember what I dreamt the night before, but it's because my body is back in the same position. Like that must, is that just because of the strong I wonder if it is. I mean, I, I really, truly wonder. It sounds like it is. You know? So this does not happen to you. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me. No, it might happen to other people. You might be really unique. I'm not sure. But like there probably are other people who experience this too. I, I know that it, it's tough for people to remember their dreams. And again, I'm not a dream interpreter. One of my friends is on TikTok. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so I, I'd, wanna, I'd wanna know what he- And it's not about. even like interpreting what I'm dreaming. It's what yeah. I dreamt about 
I could not recall the, uh, during the day, but when I lay down, as soon as I lay back down that the dream, because I, I assume, because that's where I was yeah, dreaming no, it. It sounds, it sounds like it's an association. <laughs> like it yeah. sounds like you are yeah. a weirdo and no, 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 um, no, definitely not. You made me think it was because you're like, your body is so it's like, oh yeah, we're back here. This is what we do when we're here. Remember we were thinking about this. Like, yeah, that's what made me think that I, you know, I, I think I, when I, when I'm really thinking about the theory, have you heard of, um, Pavlov and the dogs? Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> they so start it's salivating. Literally, that's yeah. literally it. That's the, that's the association that we're talking about. So like, you know, they started to salivate with um, a bell rather than meat powder because they paired that uh, neutral yeah. stimulus to be a conditioned stimulus. So your bed is conditioned for certain things. So maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That's what I'm going to go with. Another weird thing about me, I get the deepest sleep, like dreaming, like, you know how sometimes another thing that I, I don't say out loud, but hopefully <laughs> this, like, it's almost like you, you're awake, but you can't like, you know that you're awake, but it's like, you're so heavy. Like you can't bring yourself out of sleep. Does that make like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like so, I'm, I know I sh I'm kind of awake and I cannot even, I'm so, I have no energy to even like bring myself out of the sleep that happens to me a lot during, uh, if I get a nap during the day, if I fall asleep during the day, it is such a heavy, deep sleep where I'm dreaming mm -hmm. and not so much when I sleep overnight. Why, so why do I go to a deep sleep for a nap? You know, what's so interesting is, um, so people do report that sometimes where they have deeper sleep during the day or during yes. certain, certain hours or in certain areas. Like if you're sleeping on the couch or whatever, um, again, it might be an association thing. It might be your sleep drive at that time. I mean, you might be absolutely exhausted and your body actually really, really needs to sleep. Um, you know, you might be one of those people that, you know, you get better sleep during the day than you do at night. That's, I do. That's for Even if people. it's like a, a 20, 25 minute nap, I'm like out. Yeah. It's like a, a heavy, deep sleep. And the other thing that mm -hmm. I do all the time is even if I have a good night's sleep, like say they stayed in their beds, mm -hmm. I'll wake up. Uh, so I get up at six, I get up I'm five 11 and I'll oh. look and be like, sh I should get up because it's so close and I'm not going to, but I'll, I'll stay in my bed when my alarm goes off at six and five 11, I'm conscious. I'm like, I could get up. Mm -hmm. At six, I am dead to the world. Like it is oh, yeah. so hard. It just that much time. I go back into such a deep sleep that I was like, why didn't I not just get up? If I know. I, I know I, that happens. That actually happens to me like every day. Why <laughs> does like, that ha like, how do, do you do go back myself? to his bed so hard when it's not yeah. the time? <laughs> like, exactly. Why, and you know, <laughs> you know what, you know, what might be happening is, you know, so, again, it could be many things here, of course, like obviously with an assessment and stuff, we could figure this out in more detail. But my, yes. my initial thought is like, you know, when we're waking up and we're like ready, I think it's because, you know, we've already gone through the sleep cycle. We're at the end of a sleep cycle where we're actually waking up, like we're actually going from REM to like wakefulness, you know, the later stages of sleep. Um, and then you're able to be awake at that time. You know, yes. when we go back to sleep, we might be like in the middle of a sleep cycle. You might be like in like the deepest stage of sleep or something. And yes. then the alarm goes off and you're like, Jesus, really? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Like why? <laughs> so you know? in that case, I should just get up. Like if, if it's five see, something like, yeah. and I'm awake, it's just going to hurt me more to, uh, to get more, more sleep in, but, but it's heavy sleep. And then I'm going to mm -hmm. be wrecked when my alarm goes off. You're going to be exhausted. Yeah. And I, I think if you are waking up early, my, my whole thing is, um, I try to not focus on bedtimes. I try to focus on wake times. Right. So if you're, oh. if your body is naturally waking up at like five eleven, just say, yeah. and you're noticing that like every day then that might be where your circadian rhythm, right? Like where your natural oh. sleep wake cycle is. And you might say, wow, this is natural. And I'm not going to be fighting myself to get out of bed, you know? Yeah. Um, and regardless who, of 
what time you went down? Went what down like a baby. I said the, the time you went down, like my husband puts me down. To, <laughs> regardless of what time I go to sleep, I should that five eleven. I'm gonna wake up around there. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. always focus on the wake time because that's what you can control technically. I mean, we don't want to wake up at a certain no, time, but we, we can, right? The alarm goes off and you actually have a conscious choice, right? At night, you might be anxious. You might have other things going on that inhibit you from actually falling asleep. Yeah. Um, so you're focusing on a lot that you can't control. Like for, for people, like you said, Hey, I want to go to bed at nine and wake up at six. That sounds great on paper. And it sounds great in theory, but that might not actually happen. No, you know, never waking up at six could happen. It's just a matter of doing it right. And going through the motions. So. Exactly. And like you said, my sister does that. Just get your feet on. She's like, you have to just get your feet on the floor, Change, like get out. And people say like, put your alarm clock somewhere else where you have to physically yeah. get up and get it. Cause she's mm -hmm. like, the hardest part is just getting your feet on the floor. Once you're up, it's yeah. not as bad. Totally. Totally. And, and I actually try to convince myself like, Hey, if I get up now, right. Then I'm going to be that much tired tonight. Like my sleep drive is going to be overflowing. It's like a hunger drive. Like when you wake up, you're, you might be hungry. Right. And then when you eat your, that hunger drive decreases, it's yeah. the same with sleep. Your sleep drive is incredibly high when you're exhausted at night, but it won't be as high if you continue to bed lounge, you know? Yes. And speaking of eating, um, when you don't get good sleep, but like, can you talk about how that can kind of creep into somebody that's looking for like a healthy lifestyle and, mm -hmm. you know, eat right. You eat bad when you're not sleeping well. And isn't there like a connection, like a cortisol or something connection there? You know, it's interesting because um, when it comes to food and eating and habits and like lifestyle, I do notice when people have a tendency to have broken sleep or they have insomnia or something like that, just say they're not taking care of their sleep and they're not getting good sleep. Um, it causes irritability, causes a lot of mental health stuff, right? And then also people tend to engage in emotional eating, right? Like, so if you're exhausted, you're not really going to care about what you're putting into your body because you're so tired, right? Yep. Like you're just, okay, I have like macros to meet or I have certain nutritional things that I need to put in my body every day. And if you're exhausted, you're just worried about getting through the day and surviving, right? Yeah. So on a, on a chemical level, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure about that, but I do know that if people aren't getting good sleep, you know, it, I could even speak from personal experience when I don't sleep well, I'm irritable. I don't really care what I'm eating. I'm stopping at fast food. Like I just yeah, don't care. It's I just faster. Get the day. You're not going to take the time to like meal prep. You're going to grab mm -hmm. the processed food that's already there and ready. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. For so long, I would just have a glass of wine or two before bed and I would fall asleep fine. But a couple hours later, I'd be wide awake. And that's because wine has sugar. Make the transition to tequila. Tequila has no sugar, no carbs. It's gluten free. And I just found a tequila that is additive free, a clean spirit called Inspiro Tequila that was developed by a woman. It's crafted by women and every step from developing the taste profile to getting it on the shelves. It's all women and they support other women. Right now they're giving my listeners 10% off at InspiroTequila.com with promo code margaritas10. That's margaritas and the number 10 at InspiroTequila.com. It's smooth. You can sip it on the rocks or in a skinny margarita. And right now you can get it for 10% off at InspiroTequila.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. I feel yeah. about melatonin for kids. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think so. When I think about melatonin, um, it's created in our body normally. So whenever we take melatonin, it's called exogenous melatonin, right? Like exogenous ketones for people who are going trying to be in ketosis, right? So if you think about it, if you maintain the exact same sleep cycle every single day, you wake up at the same time, your body will secrete melatonin at the same time, and then you won't oh. actually 
take the supplements. So if people are trying to be like more holistic and like not take supplements or anything like that, I always say it's a quick fix. If you could just get out of bed, like it, it fixes a lot of things, but you know? for them. And I was so anxious, uh, shocker. I was anxious uh, about <laughs> giving my kids melatonin, but everybody be like, Oh my gosh, like when it's starting the school year, you have to get them back on their, their cycle. Like you yeah. got to 30 minutes before bed. And I was like, I just feel it doesn't yeah. feel right. It literally on the, it's like all natural. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's something that your, your brain secretes anyway. And it's like mm-hmm. all these, and it's Zarbies, like this kid, all natural brand, but like the first night I gave it to my daughter, as soon as she took it, I was like, Ugh. and yeah. it totally works. I mean, she's like, mommy, I'm ready to go to bed. And I was like, Oh my God, I drugged her. Like I felt horrible. It was so quick. Like she was just like, I'm tired and want to go to bed. Right. And I was like, never doing that again. Oh, totally. but then everybody, now I hear everybody's like, no, melatonin is completely safe. Melatonin for kids. Yeah. And if you're following the dose and I even give yeah. them a lower dose that yeah. works, but I, I don't know if I, I still feel like it's not. You right. know, what's so interesting about this is like when I really, really look at the research and I don't specialize in children, by the way, but okay. when I, when I look at just people in general, right. Um, for chronic insomnia, meaning insomnia that lasts more than three months, uh, you're having at least three nights a week where you're dissatisfied with your sleep. You have frequent awakenings. You're waking up exhausted, all those things. Um, for chronic insomnia, we suggest cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. It's the first line treatment, kind of like the stuff that I do talk therapy, modifying things. For acute insomnia, meaning like jet lag, I need to get on a different schedule. Uh, you know, then over-the-counter medications will usually do the fix. Obviously talk with your prescriber, but um, melatonin, I think anything above three milligrams is kind of secreted out of your body anyway um, over time. So, you know, if for kids, I mean, it won't hurt technically, uh, depending but on- But should it be like a short-term when they're re- getting <clears throat> out of summer and getting back into school, it's not something that I'm giving them every night or it doesn't totally. matter because it's natural? Yeah. I mean, it is natural, so it's better than giving them like Zequil or something. Yeah. Because uh, Zequil is diphenhydramine, it's Benadryl. Right? I know so you've taught me that. I didn't know gonna, that Benadryl I, and Zequil. I didn't know that until I started doing this. So I was like, I have, I used to have really bad allergies, so I would take Benadryl and I would be exhausted. I'm like, gosh, I could. I knew Benadryl now. did that. Yeah, and I didn't realize if you look at Zequil or like some over the counters, um, it'll say diphenhydramine, and I'm like, no shit. Uh, so when I did some research, it's the same drug. Wow. Um, just has different, you know, off-label, on-label, whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, I think in my clinical opinion, what I normally do with people is I'm like, try to do behavioral changes as much as you can. And if you know for sure that like, if it's just like three days of you getting on the same sleep cycle and you'll be good, then melatonin's not going to hurt. You know what okay. I mean? Um, if you're just like drugging yourself, you're drinking wine, taking drugs and doing all this other stuff. I'm like, well, let's think about it. You know, yeah. like well, Amanda honestly has me on the house of wise sleep gummies now. She's like, I am obsessed I'm literally obsessed with those. They're so good. I have no history with CBD or anything. She's like, you're doing that. You're making that face right now because there's a stigma. And I was like, you're so right. She's like, there's no Mm -hmm. stigma for a woman or mom at the end of the day to have her wine or two glasses. And, but she's like, you mentioned CBD and people are like, oh, and I was like, oh my God, you're so right. She's like, it's the same thing, but this at CBD is an activator. So she, it's mm-hmm. activating the melatonin that's in the gummy and you're not going to wake up two hours later. And I was like, I'm so old. Like you've totally, yes. Yeah. And she's like, the only yeah. reason people like women are sticking with wine is, or I mean, I like the taste of wine, but it's yeah. that stigma that you're, you have to take CBD gummies. Like, and you're, oh my gosh, like you're right. a mom, like you just to have a glass yeah. of wine. And she's like, no. And, <laughs> and I know you're, and- you're working with house of wise as well. So yeah, I, I I'm obsessed. I'm first of all, I'm obsessed with house of wise in general. I think their mission and everything is amazing. And I also think the sleep gummies, I I use them myself. Um, and anybody who's looking for like 
hey, I want an alternative to wine or other, you know, over-the-counter drugs and stuff like that. I mean, I take them myself and I, I'm a provider, like I'm a doctor, yes, you know what I mean? It. So I love it. I love it. And I, I think, you know, there is a lot of research out there about CBD and the positive effects that it has for people. I mean, obviously everything within reason, you know, you don't want to like overdo it or, yeah, you know, totally. Like that. But it's an but alternative to if somebody's trying to cut back on their wine mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. and you don't want that wake up two hours later sugar yeah. hit, then totally. it's something to... Try. It's something to consider. Yeah. I mean, I think about, I mean, I used to love wine, literally love wine so Same. much. Like you it used was, to used to. Yeah. I mean, I, I drink it now socially. Um, I would come home from a long day of work and have a glass of wine, right? Like just even one glass. I'm like, Oh, this can't hurt. But I did notice like once I stopped drinking it during the week, um, and I only drank it during happy hours and, you know, other places, um, I noticed it changed my life. It changed my sleep. It changed my relationship with, my sleep, my self-esteem the next day, um, yeah. anxiety, those things that people don't really like to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it gets ugly, you know? Um, so I noticed that alcohol just had a negative effect on my life. There are people out there who could have a glass of wine, wake up and not feel anything and they sleep great. So everybody's different. I, um, I wondered like, as a psychologist, like when you delve into someone's sleep history and their sleep issues, how much of it is something else? Like you talk about, it, it's like trauma or anxiety mm -hmm. or something else that's going on in there. Like you call it their life pie that's mm -hmm. off. That is just being reflected with sleep. Is it typically something else? Yeah, that's a really great question. So what we use to diagnose is the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And we notice that with a lot of um, diagnoses, there's uh, a criteria for sleep difficulties, right? So with depression, sometimes you're sleeping too much, not sleeping enough, anxiety, trauma, all these other things. And a lot of times when people come to me, they're like, I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep. I'm like, okay, let's do a sleep assessment and let's do all these other assessments because mm -hmm. you might have something else going on. And more likely than not, people have stress, um, anxiety, you know, uh, financial stress, loss. They have a bunch of stuff going on. People are so resilient and they deal with so many things all at once. And I think when people have sleep issues, they think there must be something wrong. Like I'm so frustrated. Like you're saying, like, I'm so frustrated when I can't sleep. And who knows, is it your partner just broke up with you? Is it, I'm yeah. trying to start a business from scratch. Like, I mean, there's all these things. That pandemic, global pandemic, pandemic. Global quarantine pandemic. with two kids. Yeah. You don't <laughs> that, think that yeah. that's, yeah. You probably uncover so much for people. And can I just say too, like, I just saw that what you posted the other day, just being so vulnerable and yeah. I friggin' love that. And Thanks. I want more people to do that. Mm -hmm. Just if you're open about everything, then nobody has to feel judged or alone. And I just want mm -hmm. to see more of that. And you were saying like, it doesn't matter how much you have it together and like all the things like you graduated with honors and all these things that you have. And people, I, I looked at you like, oh my God, she's got it all together. Like right. doctor. And you're like, that doesn't take everything away. Yeah. And, and that's why I love your podcast so much because it's just raw, it's authentic and it's real. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just people existing and being real. And I think there's something really to be said about when you show up authentically and when you show up in your raw form, it really allows people to do the same. And then you create the space of like, well, we're all existing and we're all actually living for exactly like this moment authentically. And it's just such a beautiful thing. I could get really spiritual right now. No, I got, I just did yeah. that because I got yeah. goosebumps. Like literally, so so as a provider, um, we're taught in grad school, like be very professional, be very ethical, which of course you want to do both of those things. Yeah. But I think it takes away from our personalities and our lived experience. And I just did not want to opt into that. I'm really, um, really well-trained. I'm really good at what I do. I'm an expert, right? Yeah. And I also have a human side and I want to put that on social media because just like you, I want the world to be a more authentic place where people feel safe. 
you know, yes. and it's, it's hard when you see someone who you're like, oh my God, they have it all together. Like they're probably a hot mess and they're just not showing it, I you know, know? So it, it gives the wrong image, you know? Yes. Or like the beautiful mom pages that I'm always like, my yeah. kids came in four times during this. Like, I'm not going to have it in there. Yeah. People should know that there were four interruptions to this. And I'm trying totally. to do this professional podcast, mm-hmm. like things happen and you just sharing who you are and like your struggles makes me want to open up to you. Like, I don't want to go to a stuffy, like I'm a professional, yeah. I'm a doctor. And you're like right. taking notes. I feel comfortable talking to you because you're real and you are vulnerable and share things too about yourself. And you're not Thank like you. up on it. Of course, like that's what, yeah. who you want to talk to. And I'm sure yeah. you're a better psychologist because of that. And you're getting to things that people are probably hiding from other psychologists that they're feeling like they're being judged. I feel completely comfortable talking to you because you share everything. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Thank you so much. That's like the best compliment I could ever receive seriously. Cause I think we could all go through training and we could all be really good at what we do, but if we don't create a space where people feel comfortable, it's really difficult. Um, for example, like they just did a study on uh, mental health providers and tattoos. I actually just put it on my uh, Twitter. I was encouraged to cover up all of my tattoos, like throughout my graduate studies from various people, you know, Um, and as a new therapist or a new provider at the time, I was like, yeah, I have to show, like, I have it all together. Um, it really created a lot of disconnection, you know, clients and there's, I, I, I get it. I get why providers are like, I don't want to show so much of myself because it's about the client. And of course the whole thing is about the client. You're there for them. It's not about you, but I think there are things about us that we could do better to create a space where people feel safe. Yes. Um, And they start. I don't care. I'm like, I'm covered yeah. with tattoos and I just do not care. You know? I once that's why you're here because yeah, you are who you are. Like, I want to talk to people. And it's been funny, like, so many times on my show, like I've had people say that like they'll be like, I've never told anyone that. Mm-hmm. And I it's I swear it's because I start sharing. I just I don't even think about it anymore because I started sharing everything or when I talk on eating disorders, like mm-hmm. I've had so many people come out and be like, Me too. And I've yeah. never told anyone, but because you're saying it so openly, it just yeah makes people be like, Oh, it's okay. We, we talk about this now. Like I, totally. I don't, I'm about to do an episode on sexual identity mm-hmm. because I, <laughs> like, I have to watch how I say it. I'm happily <laughs> married to my husband who <laughs> right. I want to stay with me and I want to be with my husband, but I will openly, like I always say it with my friends. I'm like, I'll say like, she's hot or something. My friends don't say things like that. And then I started mm-hmm. noticing that I like, I have a certain type. (laughs) I am attracted to a certain type of woman. And they, Mm -hmm. my sisters are kind of like, what? And I was like, no, I'm doing an episode on this and don't listen to it. If you don't want to listen to it, but I am just going to be, this is how I feel. And I have another, like she's a lesbian comedian. And I was like, there's nobody else that I want to talk this through except she'll be honest with me. She'll make it fun. But I was like, I have questions and I feel these things and I don't know. I want to process this. And she's like, yeah, yeah. let's do it. And I feel like when I drop this episode, everybody's like, what the hell is it? They're going to be like, (laughs) oh my goodness. And I'm like, what if there's another mom that's like, oh my God, me too. I don't say it. I'm doing an episode. And I I feel like even like the, the, radio station that produces this, like when I send it in, it's like on sexual like, identity, they're going to be like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. But, th- but I think you, you hit on a really good point of like honoring who we are, honoring yeah. our sexuality, honoring, you know, our, our mental health issues, honoring all of those parts of ourselves. Cause think about it, think about this. This is how I view it. Like yes. if you show up as you are and you have no apologies about, about that, then other people will show up as they are, but that's really powerful. Like yes. if someone says, Oh, I don't, oh, I don't like that about you. Well, great. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Like, oh, and it's like, me. you, yeah. you like me for this, like 
contrived thing that I'm putting out on Instagram. Oh my God, you're so, you look so beautiful. I'm like, that's a filter. That's a, you like this and that's not me. So if you are just yourself and I still like people troll me all the time, like I'm how could someone troll you? Oh, I get hate comments every day, every day, every day. Yeah. Oh, um, I wouldn't want to see a therapist that's uh, covered in tattoos. I wouldn't want to see a woman therapist. I wouldn't want to trust a woman. Like there's a lot of like misogynistic comments that I get. And I actually love them because I'm like, this is the reason why women are doing great things and why women should stick together and why I'm going to continue posting, you know, great. But um, you but yeah, are I mean, sparking think, something in them. Totally. It's, and it's that, usually about, yeah. they don't like that. It's not you. Exactly. Anytime somebody is commenting on your appearance, that is what they want to be doing or something. And they have to like throw stones at you. And it's still so hard. Like it still very much bothers me. And you could get 50 positive comments on a post. And then it's the one that you're like, oh, and I'll say to my husband, he's like, but look at all these. I'm like, the only one that I, that I'm stressing about is the one like mean one, but it bothers me. I get, I get in my head all the time. I'll reach out to some of my like TikTok therapist friends and I'll be like, holy shit, look at this comment. And they're like, it sucks. And look at all this other stuff. And I'm like, I know. You don't but, see like, the other stuff. You can make <laughs> you everybody happy. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I realize that if you're getting hate comments, that means that you're actually showing up as you. Because if you were trying to curate, like you were saying, curate this form of yourself to please everybody, you would never get hate comments. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you did this. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much. So, it's like a, literally an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh. I'm, I love what you're doing. I'm like a fan. I have everything. Like I, I'm literally going to listen to every single episode. So I thanks really for doing appreciate this. it. Yeah. I would like some feedback on my sexual identity episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's something to celebrate. So I'm doing it for someone else that's like thinking, has these questions. Like maybe they can yeah. just see me work it through. And then they'll be like, oh my God, I feel the same way. I'm I'm not. I'm glad she's asking. So then they can get the totally. knowledge and I'll be the. Yeah. The, and, and I mean, if you really, really think about it, even if you identify as like a cisgender heterosexual woman, like women are beautiful, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah, beautiful. Right. So I, right. no matter how you identify, like if you could see the beauty in other people, then great. Let's talk about it. You know, let's I, talk about it. Thank you so much for listening to the squats and margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. 
plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.